This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to episode 34 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on October 1st, 2020. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, events, and issues that affect downtown. We also talk to key individuals that help make downtown Halifax better. We have a great episode today on BizBuzz. We'll talk about what's new in business and events in downtown Halifax. We'll be telling you about our downtown Halifax trails. Plus, we have a quick overview of Develop Nova Scotia's Evergreen Festival. But first, Alana is interviewing Sarah Fillmore, the Chief Curator and Deputy Director of Programs at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. She will be telling us about the new Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, the Waterfront Arts District, and more. In April 2019, the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia announced a project to reimagine the gallery in a new home on Halifax's waterfront. That home will anchor a new arts district and through a collaborative, community-facing approach, create a dynamic public place that brings people together to experience the best historical and contemporary art and celebrate Nova Scotia's diverse and unique stories. Along with this, the Government of Canada announced an investment of $30 million into a new Art Gallery of Nova Scotia project through the New Building Canada Fund Provincial Territorial Infrastructure Component National and Regional Projects. The province of Nova Scotia additionally committed another $70 million towards this project. To find the best design team for this vibrant public space that will provide access to art, culture, world-class exhibitions, events and programming, the gallery and its partners launched an international design competition. Architecture teams from around the world were invited to participate in a design competition for the new provincial art gallery and public space that will anchor the new Waterfront Arts District. 46 submissions were received from around the world, and from that 46, three teams were selected to compete by developing conceptual designs for the new gallery and Waterfront Arts District. The final three competing conceptual designs were unveiled on September 22, 2020. The three designs are available for public viewing and engagement both online and in person at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. A jury of professionals will choose the winning submission in October, and public feedback collected during this phase will be provided to the winning team and will help shape the final design and development of the gallery and public space. Sarah Fillmore is the Chief Curator and Deputy Director of Programs at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. She'll be telling us about the new Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, the Waterfront Arts District, the final three designs, and more. Fillmore has played a leadership role in both the U.S. and Canada and has been with the AGNS since 2005. In her role as Chief Curator, she oversees the Provincial Art Collection as well as the Gallery's Acquisition, Interpretation, Education, Conservation and Exhibition programs. She has also chaired the jury for the annual Sobe Art Award, Canada's preeminent prize for an artist 40 or under. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown, Sarah. Thank you very much. So let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of this project? How did the need for a new Art Gallery of Nova Scotia lead into the development of a new Waterfront Arts District? Oh, it's so exciting. It's, mm-hmm. so, uh, it's so nice to be here, and thank you for uh, allowing me to, to speak a little bit about the history of this. Um, it has been talked about for, for ever so long, mm-hmm. um, more than 10 years, I would say. Uh, and the gallery has uh, a 110-year history in, in Nova Scotia. It's never had a purpose-built building. It's had mm-hmm. many different homes from um, from a spot on Citadel Hill to a uh, spot on Coburg Road and the two buildings now um, 
on Cheapside at the, uh, at the where the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia is currently located. But I'll say the current home, though it is very charming mm-hmm. and has a lot of historic appeal and has um, kind of the heart of, of a lot of uh, very, very beautiful stories for people, it just it does not suit uh, the nature of a historic art museum. Mm-hmm. So um, objects have their own needs and they require specific environmental controls. And over the years, uh, we've seen water creep in. Um, I'm sure anyone who right. has walked along that that beautiful waterfront knows the challenges of our climate and um, and the pests and things that can can come. So it uh, it became pretty clear that we were in need of um, relocating the collection. Um, and we've also done a lot of uh, visioning for the gallery and and thinking about how a building can change. Um, our identity and mm-hmm. the way that we can welcome people. Uh, so as those two kind of um, purposes come together, we found ourselves with great partners at, at Develop Nova Scotia um, able to re-envisage what the gallery can be. Can you tell us a bit about the design competition and why a competition to pick the final design? Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's a bit of a, a, a fascinating um, experience and it's come to my attention, this is not always the way that mm-hmm. architects are chosen. Um, we've been really lucky and specific with having this kind of competition, which um, not, only, not only has given us three really exciting designs, but it has also uh, kind of raised a level of conversation around architecture and, and city building and placemaking mm-hmm. that's been really gratifying to us at the gallery. So in January... Uh, we launched an international design competition. So it went out uh, far and wide, and we had um, responses from teams who put together proposals that out, that line, outlined their expertise. So they were asked to bring together uh, sustainability experts, some you know gallery experts, architects, lighting experts. I mean, you you, you can't imagine the kind of um, crew that comes together to uh, put together a proposal for this. Uh, there were 46 submissions, which is the largest number that our partners at TIR um, have ever seen for some, something like this. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so mm-hmm. those of us who are on the evaluation team <laughs> read through, you know, thousands of pages of expert bios and, and made a selection of eight um, finalists. So all this happened pre-COVID, and then right. we got together in a room and discussed those those 46 um, submissions and came to the eight, and on that day, the province was <laughs> shut <laughs> down. So every, ever since then, we've been um, working virtually, which has also been very interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, as another layer, e- yeah, yeah, incredible, um, incredible to see the resilience in, in what you can get through. So the teams. From from there, we had virtual interviews with the eight shortlisted teams, mm-hmm. or I should say longlisted teams, um, who were interviewed on their merits of expertise, um, you know, the way they gelled, what they felt they could bring to our vision, mm-hmm. um, and then shortlisted to the three who are now uh, who have now submitted designs and design proposals for the new gallery. Um, so there is there is where we sit now. There are seven jury members evaluating those designs today. 
So you did mention a bit about the, you know, the architecture teams and stuff, but what was the criteria for choosing those teams? The criteria for the, for the eight or for the three? For the, for the final three. For the final three. Um, we, we asked the eight to respond to the vision for the gallery. Mm-hmm. And the vision um, was beyond a simple um, institution that collects and interprets art. And we really, we really aspired with Develop Nova Scotia and our partners in government to create a place for art and mm-hmm. people, so a, an arts district. Um, and we asked those teams to reflect that ambition. So we wanted we wanted Nova Scotians to see the diversity of our of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we wanted um, a team that could uh, work with us, that could dream really big, that could uh, really dig into storytelling and uh, help us to bring people's um, people's stories as well as their expertise to the to the program. Um, we were looking to expand on the kind of success that the library has seen in right. reimagining mm-hmm. itself. Uh, so many people asked, why are we building a library in an age of internet? Why why do we need books? Why do we need a place, a mausoleum for books? Mm-hmm. And um, and we and we've had some similar conversations of why do we need an art gallery and those teams that could respond to that question um, imaginatively really rose to the top. Okay. And we wanted to make sure they knew how to build an art museum. Like mm-hmm. they, they had to have real experience. It mm-hmm. couldn't be a first time project. We were too much riding on right. that. They could, uh, but they could. There was scope in the conversation for them to have uh, to have some flexibility and fluidity, and 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 meet us in that journey of mm-hmm. of why we were doing this. Can you give us a quick overview of each of the final three designs? Right, so there are three very different proposals on on the table. Uh, three teams that have approached this problem and this opportunity from three very different points of view. And um, and you're asking me and mm-hmm. my role is, is related to the art gallery. But each proposal has a landscape and a public use component that is, uh, you know, if you were talking to Kristen O'Toole from Develop, mm-hmm. she would have a totally, well, she may have exactly the same um, report, but we but we each brought our own way of looking at this. So, right. so just use that lens. The first, the first that I'll speak about, we've been calling Light Touch. So it's Architecture 49 with Dillers, Gafidio, Renfro, and Hargraves Jones. And it is a team that has approached the site um, from the ground up. They've decided that they wanted to treat it as lightly as possible. Mm-hmm. So if there's a visual lightness in the design. They use kind of this tree-like structure on which they build levels. Uh, there's a lot of porosity, um, a lot of glass, so you can see through. Mm-hmm. Um, they have r- really made a kind of village of galleries on the top floor where there are different scales of space for art, so people will encounter uh, exhibitions at different scales with with smaller um, kind of rest periods between them. Mm-hmm. They've introduced um, a kind of life to the to the site by really using landscape and mm-hmm. um, planting in a very natural way. Um, the second design is Dialogue Acre Architects Brackish Design Studio Shannon Webb Campbell. They've 
made um, a beautiful design that has uh, a lot of organic shape. They've got views to George's Island, beautiful uh, light-filled um, gallery spaces, uh, one called First Light that looks out onto the water. Uh, they're very sensitive to the kind of um, indigenous stories here and, and a lot, of, uh, a lot of, of what I would call Atlantic Canadian storytelling in, mm. their, in their individual designs. So and they were kind of giggling about um, putting Maud's house inside the gallery in a place that looked like the belly of the whale so right. that there was a, a kind of, um, a, you know, a playful narrative around that. And then the third group, uh, who is KPMP, Architects with Omar Gandhi, architect, Jordan Bennett Studio, Elder Lorraine Whitman, Public Work, and Transolar. They have approached this design um, through a very, through a consultative process with Indigenous elders, being very mm -hmm. mindful of uh, Indigenous learning and including um, cornerless rooms, a lot of soft kind of uh, spaces a lot of natural light uh, design that reflects um, a kind of Mi'kmaq quill work. There's an ind indigenous waterfront and a lot of uh, care to a public sphere. Mm -hmm. um, so, so each one of those designs really has its own flavor and its own mm -hmm. uh, rootedness in this place in its own way. That's what I liked about them too. They all seem to really reflect our landscape and, and the people here. Um, in terms of public engagement, tell us about the process and why public engagement is so important to this project. Yeah, so you're kind of touching that leading into this mm -hmm. question. Um, we have been in a consultation engagement process mm -hmm. for the last two years, testing our vision, gathering information, and really trying to uh, respond as opposed to uh, introduce to people. We're trying to ask people what they need from the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, ask Nova Scotians how they can participate, what we can bring to them. And we're really mindful of the Nova Scotia part of this because mm -hmm. it is being built in Halifax. Um, but it is a provincial point of pride and provincial, uh, provincial resource. Um, each of the teams, one of the really important portfolios that was included in that uh, proposal and that became very important in the evaluation phase was their engagement plan. So the engagement is intended to happen once the winner is um, announced. It, it, it has been happening, so there was response and data to be mined by these by these teams mm -hmm. already, which is why you see the designs looking sort of the way they do. But it will continue in earnest with the team that's chosen. Right. And each team has its own kind of... Um, interest or, or way about it. They have you know, teams that are, 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 this is what they do, so they're very good at it. But specifically thinking about the public, the program plan, so what happens um, inside the gallery with the art, with mm -hmm. my team making shows, how we are speaking about art, where it goes, how, mm -hmm. it, how it lives within the community, but also how do we build a community f with art? Mm -hmm. So that is embedded in it. And my hope is that people will be um, invested in this process mm -hmm. so that when it opens, 
it's there it's our gallery and and families will want to be there to see how they have helped to shape this place how they've helped to shape uh how how people interact with art how they how they speak to each other how they uh experience the landscape and how they experience the waterfront mm-hmm. which is such a such an incredible resource in itself to have um here in proximity to art mhm just thinking about how like the the uh, central library has changed the city so much it's become such a a hub really for everyone for families and for kids and everyone to go to so it it's the same the mm-hmm. same aspiration to knit that kind of um city building through you know through through all of our kind of civic mm-hmm. institutions that we become uh we that we become a place where people can spend time in and outdoors yeah with a cultural fabric I think it also gives people really a lot of pride in their city, and uh, and, th- and that's what I think the library has done. Absolutely, yes, yeah. They they have. Uh, I ca- I can't tell you how much more plausible this mm-hmm. whole experience has been thanks to their hard work and their success. They yes. really paved the way for these kind of uh, imaginative projects that are frankly fundamental to making an important city work. Right, exactly. So on that note, there has been some negative feedback about the amount of money that has been pledged from both provincial and federal governments for the new Waterfront Arts District. What is your response to some of this negativity, and how vital is the new Arts District to not only Halifax but to the province? I'm really empathetic to uh, to this question, to the responses to this question, mm-hmm. because it is uh, it undeniably a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, and it is uh, especially right now very um, challenging to to think about uh, how money gets spent. So many people are um, looking at their livelihoods disappear right. and, or, uh, or change drastically. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that this is a project that has been, uh, that has been identified as one that has value. And I look at the work that we're doing now and I see how cities can serve their citizens and how buildings like this can. And especially in times like this, um, and in in times of of struggle and frankly we're always kind of in a time of struggle mm-hmm. so this this is a special one but um people need hope and i mm-hmm. really see the arts community as being a place uh where where hope is found and born and transmitted it's not an easy place it's a place where um, hard conversations happen. Mm-hmm. An art center, an art gallery, an art museum, an arts district can bring to our province something that is deeply uh, needed and mm-hmm. a resource that people can lean on. Um, it strengthens the fabric of the community. It strengthens the health community. Uh, we we provide programs. One of the things that we had heard through the years of working with communities is um, a need to be a resource for mental health um, centers and for uh, for hospitals, for uh, aging populations. And we've developed programs with various mm-hmm. various communities. One of our great partners is uh, Autism Nova Scotia. And the art gallery can be so much more mm-hmm. um, with its partner uh, with its partner friends and partner communities. So. 
the gallery is not an either or um, proposition to me. It really is as good as uh, people will let it be mm-hmm. and as people feed it. So with with the support of uh, of critics, it can be better. Mm-hmm. There's a great um, quote that was offered me recently, which is criticism is, n- is not the enemy of optimism. And oh, okay. if you are critical, it's often because you can see that something can be improved or it can be more. And so I, I am, would never negate the criticism here. Mm-hmm. It's real. There is, there is need for other things in this province, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a need for a new art gallery. Anything else you would like to share with us about this project? Well, I mean, it wouldn't be uh, a secret to say that I'm passionate about this project. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think there is always a a little bit of a white elephant when mm-hmm. we talk about building an art museum on the waterfront. Um, and I would hate for people to think that we are naive in creating, uh, a, you know, a monument to art in a place that has uh, historic flooding and right. uh, and is is at peril with climate change. The thing that gives me hope in this process has been seeing climate change experts push themselves through this to make new standards Mm -hmm. and to be uh, more creative in handling this problem. It's really exciting to see what a building can do to galvanize other communities and and set bars in different ways. So I, I just find it really fascinating how the project extends so much further. Uh, I, you know, my small slice of expertise is only in one tiny corner of this mm-hmm. project. And learning from partners that develop Nova Scotia and other, um, you know, cost estimators, people who have right. their own little slice of expertise, to see how each of us is trying to push the boundaries on the high, forgive me, high water mark for each of our fields, we really want this to be something that other um, other projects can look to and say, wow, that was really creative. That was a really interesting way that they uh, not only not only were they prepared for something, but they actually engaged it to make something mm-hmm. better. I have one last question. Yeah, it can be off the record if you want. What design is your favorite design? Come on, man. <laughs> Um, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. No, they're all beautiful yeah. designs. And, and I don't actually have a favorite, mm-hmm. which is because I've dug through every one of their problems and right. every one of I have a team that I would love to work with. Yeah. But I, my favorite would be a little mashup. Uh, every all of them? I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to do that. Yeah. I watched the presentation and at first I was like, I think I like that one. And then the yeah. next presentation was like, oh, yeah, I like this one. And then by the last presentation, I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're all some beautiful of them are designs. very emotional. Like mm-hmm. there's a really beautiful thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And then others that are very practical. And I do have to say, in the end, Matt, I really just, we need a building that can work. Mm-hmm. We need a building that works for art and people. Right. And no matter which one's... De- decided on we're gonna have to work with that team to make it work so Mm -hmm. that's where the fun's gonna be yeah yeah right well thank you sarah for joining us on downtown lowdown thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to share this story 
Sarah Fillmore is the Chief Curator and Deputy Director of Programs at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. You can learn more about the new Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and the Waterfront Arts District and view the final three conceptual designs online at artgalleryofnovascotia.ca slash artsdistrict or in person at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, located at 1723 Hollis Street. The exhibition is open daily from 12 to 5 p.m. and will remain open until late October. You can also watch the design competition presentations that took place on September 24th on the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia's YouTube page. The video is called New AGNS Design Competition Presentations. To keep up to date with the design process and what else is going on at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, follow at ArtGalleryNS on Facebook and Instagram. As always, Downtown Halifax Business Commission strives to provide the latest COVID-19 related information as the province revises restrictions. DHBC continues to follow the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority. Check DHBC's main COVID resource page for businesses and for the public at downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. Here's a short update on gathering limits. The gathering limit has been increased to 50 people without social distancing for participants in performing arts and sports. Participants in performing arts and sports can gather in groups of up to 50 people without maintaining a physical distance of 2 meters or 6 feet for practices, competitions, games, rehearsals, and artistic performances. This includes players, participants, officials, coaches, instructors, performers, directors, cast, crew, and anyone who is required to be near or on the field of play or within a performance space. While masks are not required during physical activity, Participants in performing arts and sports are encouraged to wear a mask and keep as much social distance as possible. Now a small update on restaurants and bars. All liquor licensed establishments must cease service to customers effective 12 midnight and remove food and alcohol from tables by 1 a.m. These are just some of the measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. View full notices and restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. And now for BizBuzz. And it's time for BizBuzz. Tori McLeod, our Marketing and Communications Coordinator, is here with me today along with Ivy. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Hi. We have a very exciting BizBuzz segment today. Events in downtown Halifax are back, and Ivy will be giving us a rundown of some upcoming events that you should not miss out on. And I'm going to tell you about some of our downtown Halifax trails or daytime itineraries. And we're going to finish with a quick overview of Develop Nova Scotia's upcoming Evergreen Festival. But first, Tori's going to tell us about some downtown Halifax business milestones and updates. What do you have for us, Tori? Some new businesses have opened in downtown Halifax. Bianca Aperitivo Bar just opened and is a restaurant that is committed to stylish dining. They have a room for private functions and are located at 1584 Argyle Street. You can check them out on Instagram at bianca.aperitivo. The Western Nova Scotia Seaport Social opened October 1st. They serve tasty, creative, fresh, and local seasonal dishes. You can follow them on Instagram at Seaport Social. Two grocery stores are popping up downtown this October. Arthur's Urban Market is a new grocery store opening early October in the Maple at 1583 Hollis Street. They will offer local produce, bakery items, meat, seafood, and more. And the Neighborhood Goods General Store in the Halifax Brewery Market is staying for good. Open Wednesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. for all your local needs. You can check out their websites at arthursmarket.ca and neighborhoodgoods.org. 
In other news, on our website, we have a new featured member, Audrey Two. Audrey Two is locally owned by Audrey Flanders and is a boutique plant shop that focuses on indoor plants and accessories. To read more about Audrey Two, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash feature member Audrey Two. As well, Neptune Theater has started a Neptune at Home online theater experience. It will be available through the website neptuneathome.com and viewable on tablets, smartphones, and computers. The ongoing and evolving lineup will feature favorite performers and familiar faces from the local music scene. Thanks, Tori. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, events are slowly starting to come back to downtown Halifax, and Ivy is going to share some upcoming events with us. Yeah, there's lots of events coming up in downtown Halifax. And as Elena said, the events in downtown Halifax are slowly but surely coming back. I have a few to report on, but you can see more events listed on the DHBC online events and promotions calendar at downtownhalifax.ca slash events. This calendar is updated regularly with more events, sales, and promotions. So check out the site to stay up to date on what's going on in downtown Halifax. Again, that's downtownhalifax.ca slash events. So one of the events I wanted to report on is uh, the Mooseheads. They are back. So the Halifax Mooseheads 2020-2021 season starts on October 2nd, but they are playing their first game at the Scotiabank Centre this season against Cape Breton Eagles on October 3rd and are welcoming their fans back. The Scotiabank Centre has been approved for 20% capacity per game. The Moosehead season memberships and 15 game packs will be suspended for the 2020-2021 season. More details on individual tickets and memberships as well as the full schedule are on the Mooseheads website at halifaxmooseheads.ca. You can also see their COVID protocols on the site as well. So again, that's halifaxmooseheads.ca. So Nocturne is also coming up October 12th to the 17th. So Nocturne Art at Night is a fall festival that brings art to the streets of Halifax between 6 p.m. and midnight from October 12th to the 17th. The completely free annual event showcases and celebrates the visual arts scene in Nova Scotia. This year's Nocturne theme is echolocation, and it's a week-long event rather than the usual one night. It will include a virtual component as well as physical installations all over the urban core of Halifax. I looked at their site, and they have 54 projects listed so far, and they all look great. So I'm really looking forward to that. To see the full list of projects and locations, as well as details on the virtual component, go to nocturnhalifax.ca. And Burger Week is back. Halifax Burger Week, October 22nd to 31st, is back. The super popular Burger Week is a citywide burger-eating phenomenon and fundraiser for Feed Nova Scotia put on by the coast. Creative burger offerings either have a set price of $6 or a higher price, with the restaurant making a donation to Feed Nova Scotia from every burger sold. To get the list of all the participating restaurants, go to burgerweek.co. So that's burgerweek.co. There are lots of participating restaurants in downtown Halifax. So for the first time ever, the 17th annual Scotiabank Blue Nose Marathon will be held safely at homes all over the world. The Blue Nose Marathon is going virtual. The virtual marathon can be completed from any location, on the road, on the trail, or on the track. Participants can do a 5K, 10K, 15K, half marathon, or full marathon, and must complete their race between October 12th and November 8th. If you register, you can still get the participant shirt, race bib, medal, digital certificate, and the ability to upload your results. So for the full details and to register, visit bluenosemarathon.com. So one of the events that we're actually producing at Downtown Halifax Business Commission is Downtown Halifax Live Virtual Concerts. Because we had to put a pause on Tunes at Noon and Grand Parade this year, DHBC will be live streaming four live shows taking place in Downtown Halifax as part of our brand new Downtown Halifax Live event. 
This means through this program you can enjoy great music two ways, in person at the four participating establishments in downtown Halifax and via the DHBC1 YouTube channel. We're still confirming the schedule, but so far the tentative schedule includes the Old Triangle on October 16th, the Carlton on Saturday, November 7th, Drala Books and Gifts on November 15th, and Argyle Fine Art, but that date is going to be determined later. So keep an eye on the DHPC website at downtownhalifax.ca for the confirmed schedule, physical locations of the shows, and how you can enjoy them online in the comfort of your own home. Well, thanks, Ivy. There's a lot of exciting things coming up. I'm really looking forward to it, especially Nocturne. Not yes. that I'm not looking forward to no. the other things, yes. but I love Nocturne. I go every year. Yeah. So it's I think great. Nocturne and Burger Week both make mm-hmm. sort of a, create sort of a vibrancy in downtown. Definitely. They're nice, they're nice events to have. Yeah. And I am going to sign up for Blue Nose and do it virtually. Oh, I'm going to do it this year. Yeah. Do you do 5K. It, <laughs> do you do it with the kids too? Is there a we kid? do, yeah. yeah. We've done it with the kids nice. for, for years now. So yeah, we'll we'll do it again this year. Right on. Yeah. So now I'm going to tell you about our downtown Halifax trails. As part of our Meet Me Downtown campaign that we launched in the summer, we created five trails, or I guess they're more like a choose-your-own-adventure style itineraries that are a great way to get out and explore downtown Halifax. So I'm just going to give a quick overview of each trail. So we have the downtown Pints and Patios Trail, and I know that the weather is getting cooler, but many of the patios have adapted for the cooler weather by adding heaters, blankets, fire pits, and more. So there's no reason to not grab your coat and some friends and enjoy this trail. The Pints and Patio Trail starts at Garrison Brewing Company, takes you down the waterfront boardwalk, and then up to Argyle Street. We also have a downtown family fun trail. So this one starts with a ride on the Harbor Hopper, and the Harbor Hopper actually runs until October 11th, so there's still some time to do this. It also includes a walk down the boardwalk and ends at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, so you can see Maude Lewis's little house, which kids all love. The downtown shopping spree trail is great for those that are starting to think about getting some holiday shopping done early. It will take you to many small, locally owned businesses around the downtown area to shop for unique, locally made products. And the self-guided downtown art tour is a tour of our gritty to pretty placemaking grant program projects. These projects include murals, sculptures, and lighting. The art tour is a pretty cool trail, and I would say it is our most popular trail. And there have actually been five new murals completed in downtown Halifax since September, and two more almost finished. So if you have already done this trail, there is now more to see. You can do it again. And finally, we have the Downtown Fun and Games Trail. So this one was inspired by our former marketing and communications coordinator, Ralph Poligro, who was on the downtown lowdown a few times over the summer. So this one starts at Captured Escape Rooms and finishes at the Boardroom Cafe and has stops at Mary's African Cuisine and Freak Lunchbox on the way. So if you're looking for some things to do this long weekend, check out our trails. They're a good way to explore and get to know the downtown area better. And you can check out the trails at downtownhalifax.ca slash meetme. And I am working on a few more cooler weather themed trails that should be up later this month. So next up, let's talk the holidays. Develop Nova Scotia, along with some partners, is curating a new festival called the Evergreen Festival. Inspired by European-style holiday markets, this festival is scheduled to run from November 28th to December 21st, 2020. It will be dispersed throughout the waterfront, downtown, and Spring Garden area. And it will be a multi-week outdoor experience celebrating Nova Scotia's culture, food, spirits, craft, art, music, performance, and more. There'll be lots of opportunities for businesses to get involved in this festival. We will have more information about the festival in our newsletters and on upcoming episodes of Downtown Lowdown. Or you can reach out to me directly and I will try to answer any questions you might have. My email is alana at downtownhalifax.ca and alana is A-L-L-A-N-A. In the meantime, you can follow at EvergreenFestNS on Twitter to keep up to date with what is happening with the festival. And finally, before we sign off, let's talk downtown Halifax experiences. Ivy, do you want to go first? 
Yeah, sure. Um, all my experiences that I'm going to be reporting on today are Barrington Street. Okay. Yeah. So I went to three different places uh, this past week. Um, first, I dined in for the first time at Gangnam Korean Barbecue on Barrington Street. Nice. I still yeah. haven't been there. Yeah, I've been there for just takeout mm-hmm. uh, since uh, COVID-19, but actually I dined in with a friend okay. who uh, is back at the office um, from the provincial nice. government. So okay. that's great to see some of the uh, government workers back downtown. Mm-hmm. And so we had bibimbap and kimchi oh, and so onion good. pancakes. Oh, yum. It was really good. And they do offer a hot pot and um, barbecue. Barbecue, yes. On yeah, the table. I need to get there sometime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a great experience. Um, I also went to Fireworks Gallery on Barrington Street. Mm-hmm. They had a 40% off sale, but by the time this is released, it's over. Sorry, guys. But they still have great uh, items on sale there for um, like from local designers and also um, estate, sale, estate uh, jewelry. Okay. Yeah. So I bought a necklace there. And uh, yeah, it's from a local Halifax artist. So, oh, nice. Yeah. That's a beautiful store. It's a gorgeous mm-hmm. store inside and lots of very unique pieces yes, in there. Yeah. And then the, the last place I went to was um, Meza Lebanese Kitchen on the corner of Barrington and Blowers. Yes, I went to Meza recently, too. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just feel like we've all been there. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. It was so close to our yeah, office, too. Close. It was very yeah. convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did do some takeout and uh, had their Lebanese uh, plate uh, for takeout. So it includes a lot of stuff. It has, like, rice, lentils, stuffed grape leaves, hummus, pita, tabbouleh. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah, it's so, really good. Yeah. yeah so you great can't go wrong with Meza. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Tori? I got Meza too. And we went to Oktoberfest at the Stubborn Goat Beer Garden mm-hmm. on Saturday night. It was the second night and it was a little chilly, but we got to sit by a fire, enjoy some sausages and some spetzel. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? And we also went to Antoho's Tacos and sat on the patio and enjoyed some tacos, some coronas and margaritas. Wow. And they have a great yeah. patio because it is all weather patio. Yes, it is. They have heaters, yeah. and um, I think it's kind of enclosed. Well, we yeah. had a really private spot, actually, like around the corner, mm-hmm. and we just sat there, and it was really private and nice. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been back to Antoho Taco and Tequila since yeah. COVID, so I have to go back soon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Taco Tuesday is was usually my like my it favorite. It is the yeah. best for yeah. sure. Their stuff is always really good. good. And, yeah, and again, their patio is is great to sit on all year round. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I tried out the new Hopscotch Dinner Club, which is also on Barrington. Yeah, so that's on um, my list as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we, my, my husband and I, recently celebrated an anniversary, so we thought we'd treat ourselves to a nice dinner, and it is really good. Stephanie Ogilvie, who's the chef there, all her food is so beautiful. Like it's just beautifully presented, uh, and also just it was just really good. Our server was excellent. She gave us some really good recommendations, and uh, yeah, it was a really nice night. And then we tried to go to Noble. We went to the Middle Spoon, but we didn't. <laughs> we couldn't. We're getting so old. We couldn't. So you had a mom and dad moment moment there. We're like, uh. (laughs) so we we just ate at the Middle Spoon and we had really good drinks. I had a Moscow Mule, which is one of my favorites, and my husband had I can't remember he had another mixed drink, but they're just really good drinks. And I haven't been in the Middle Spoon for such a long time, and it's so it was so nice to just go in and sit and have a really nice cocktail. Yeah, it's nice to rediscover some places. Yeah, I kind of forgot how good their drinks are, and they have like such a big menu of drinks. Like you could have any type of drink you want. Well, and there's one that changes color. 
Oh, really? And then oh. there's one that they light on fire. Oh, okay. Those are cool. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to go back again and yeah. have some more drinks sometimes. Did you yeah. have dessert there or just drinks? We just had drinks. We were full. So, um, but I, I am determined to go to Noble. I was there a couple years ago, but I'll go back someday. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> we'll try earlier. Well. We'll go early. Like, yeah, nine yeah. o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before anyone else goes to <laughs> I don't even know if they're open at nine. I know, right? <laughs> no, like, you're early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was really fun. So yeah, there's lots of great places along Barrington. To, to go and to experience. And then, uh, yes, also we went to Two Doors Down oh, together yes, to celebrate. Nice. Paul had his birthday recently, yes, and yes. we all went to, and had a wonderful lunch on their patio, which is great, on Barrington Street. Um, I think we all get a different variety of things. I had scallops, and people, some people have the burgers, and you had like a I had a seared eggplant with chickpeas. and Okay, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. It was delicious, yeah. Yeah, I had yeah. the mussels. It was really good. And then the... The ice cream cookie at the end. Yes, the ice cream cookie free. is the best yeah. dessert. <laughs> it's basically like an ice cream sandwich, but yeah. there's two cookies and ice yeah. cream. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks good. Yes, I highly recommend it. So, yeah, that's it. I think that's it for BizBuzz this week. Great. See you awesome. next time. This concludes Downtown Lowdown, Episode 34, recorded on October 1st, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. Please rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown, and don't forget to follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.